podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel and podcast. We are back with another match preview. Uh, this time we're going to take a look towards the midweek fixture against Brighton and Hove Albion, or Brighton for short, however you want to call them. Um, I'm Scott, I am your host for this one, and this week I'm joined by Andy and Matty. Andy, how are you mate? I'm alright mate, how are you? Yeah, very good. I'm still, uh, I think I'm still getting over that weekend draw. Um, I'm still trying to decide if it was a good point or a, a bad two points dropped. But um, yeah, we did a reaction to that on Sunday. So uh, if you haven't seen that, you can go and watch that after after you've watched this preview for Brighton. Um, Matty, how are things, mm. mate? Good. All things considered, Monday, you know, we're on the precipice of a big game mm-hmm. at, at, is it at Leicester. Is that Leicester, isn't it? You know, yeah. I'm going to try and ignore it for the listeners. It's 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 pre-game and and this is a massive game. And it has permutations at the top and the bottom of the table. But I'm just going to pretend it's not happening and just try and watch something nice on the TV and hope that Leicester do us a favour. But I very much doubt it. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm not case... alright. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> in case you haven't twigged, we are recording this before the Leicester Liverpool game, um, and obviously we're also recording this before any press conferences. So any injury news that we're talking about is all pre any of that. Um, but we will move on and we will get started. Well, before we get started, as always, uh, I do have to make you aware of our sponsor for the match preview, and it is Magpin. Magpin are your Go-to site for high-quality, unofficial enamel pin badges of Newcastle players, legends, and retro kits. They also do those nice little postcards every month, and I think they've just brought out uh, last month's set of postcards, which you'll get a fair few because there were a fair few games last month. Um, if you want more information on Magpin, their website is magpinbadges.bigcartel.com. So then, like I said, uh, Thursday night, 7.30pm at St. James's Park, under the lights, as they say, live on Sky for those of us who can't make it or who aren't in the country. Um, Brighton currently in sixth, obviously hitting, trying to hit that European spot just like we are. Um, they're on 58 points with 17 wins, 7 draws and 10 defeats with a plus 21 goal difference. Um, Andy, mate, confidence levels going into this Brighton game. How are they? Uh, a lot, yeah, a lot less than they were two weeks ago. I think um, it's crazy with Brighton that they. It, it seems mad that Graham Potter was their manager this season. Yeah, I think that's right, isn't it? Um, yeah. They've had well, such yeah. a such a ridiculous resurgence, um, and it's two teams. To be honest, I'm jumping ahead slightly, but I'm actually really happy that this is such an important game for a Champions League place. Brighton and Newcastle, we were in the championship together. I used to hate Brighton, and then it was obviously funny when they printed all the champion scarves and then didn't <laughs> win. Um, but the fact that this is such a, a huge game for both teams and we've both disrupted the top four this season, I think it, it, it says a lot about how nervous both sides are going into this of how far we've both come. Um, confidence yeah. levels-wise, uh, for me, it's a complete roll of the dice. Um, we've obviously been the better team over the entire season, but Brighton are probably the best team in the league, just behind Man City at the moment. So I don't honestly know. 
to be yeah. honest. Um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting when we come to our predictions later on, just how we go with this one. Um, Matty, mate, we obviously, we all watched Brighton destroy Arsenal yesterday, mm. uh, tear them a new one, as you would say. Um, but they've been a bit hot and cold. You've had some results like that, and then obviously they got beat uh, from by Everton just the week before the match before five one, and then they go around and the the you know they'll they'll beat the likes of Man U, and then they'll turn around and they'll they'll lose against someone like Fulham. It, it they're quite unpredictable in terms of end results, but they're a good team. They are a very good team. Very good team. Very very good team. Uh, really nice to watch. Um, uh, not to give any disrespect, but I mean, they're not even a, a team full of household names, really. They, we, they have this knack of unearthing gems from all over the world, you know. I mean, you look at, at the boy, uh, what, what's his name? Um, the, the winger. Um, Matoma. Excuse me. Matoma, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then you, you get the likes of, you know, a tune out of Solly March. You've got you've got people who are, you, you probably sort of forgot about and Billy Gilmore, you know, but then Pascal Gross and, and Lewis Dunk and Webster, they're sort of, sort of mainstays. And then, you know, you've got Danny Welbecks of the world coming in and, and it's just, mm-hmm. you know, you wouldn't think that's conducive of this amazing football, but it is. They've been really, really good. I mean, uh, Graham Potter did a great job with them previously, uh, but they were yeah. just known for having this sort of, on and off over a season, so much that they'd start a season absolutely brilliantly and then they'd fall off and not win a game for eight or nine games. Um, and then when Graham Potter left, you thought that that might sort of tip it more in the balance of of being negative and, and not getting the results. But, you know, he's came in and he's done an absolutely fantastic job. But just to sort of echo what you've said there, Scott, I mean, I, you look at the got beat off Forest, <coughs> excuse me, yeah. 3-1, which was a great result for us at the time. They go on to the next week and they beat Brighton 6-0. Sorry, they beat Brighton. <laughs> they beat Wolves 6-0. <laughs> Brighton yeah. beat Wolves 6-0. They could probably beat themselves 6-0 that good. But like, they beat, they beat Wolves 6-0. Then they beat Man United. That's amazing. But then the following week, they go and get beat 5-1 off Everton at home. And then they follow yeah. that up with a great result away at Arsenal. So it's, it's not just... It's really ups and downs. But the, for the most part, they have been very, very good and, and played some really good football. Um, so they are a good team. And I want to echo that sort of, not an affinity, but that mutual respect that Andy was just saying there, that you know, that we hated them in the championships because they were our rivals. They've came up with us, stayed up with us uh, since then. And, you know, they've had ups and downs. We've had ups and downs. Um, but yep. it's great to see us sort of have that sort of mutual respect for them. It's it's, it's great what they've done. Um, not spending a lot of money. And, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll sing the praises now before hopefully calling them worse than muck on Thursday. <laughs> well, it, it, it's it's a long trip up uh, for the for the away fans as well for Thursday night. So I, I'm not expecting a sellout in that away end at St James's. Although they've done it before, they'll probably do it again. Um, they'll, they'll probably surprise you. Um, I think Matt, you touch on something. Obviously, you know when Potter left Brighton, everyone thought, okay, honeymoon's over. They're going to start to maybe struggle a little bit. But like you said, they've they've seemed to have the players. And I think key for me is. They've had a consistent start in eleven. There hasn't been too many changes week on week. You know, you maybe have a change for uh, resting because of a slight injury, but on the whole, their start in eleven has been, you know, the same. It's very similar to Newcastle. You know, without injuries, you'd probably say Newcastle will be picking most of the same players every single week, where other teams, you know, rotate quite a lot. Um, Andy Brighton seemed to favour favour a four two three one. Formation, so they'll have, you know, as opposed to us, they'll probably maybe have two extra men in that central defensive midfield role. Do you think that's going to be key to this game, where 
maybe we're going to maybe miss a, a one Sean Longstaff to counteract that from our side. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we've struggled playing against that kind of system in the past. I think when teams have tried to match up with us and go 4-3-3, we've outrun them completely. So the Spurs game's a prime example yeah. of just trying to have three midfielders on three midfielders and we've just done them in. Uh, with Brighton, the formation is that when they don't have the ball, but the system is in such a way where they kind of just all over the place. You've got Lewis Dunk who runs into midfield. They have this kind of box midfield where they have the two uh, defensive midfielders and then the two wingers come inside. So they're all, they can play forward passes every single time. Uh, and when you watch them, obviously most of our game plan is pressing high, winning the ball high up, trying to get those sort of risky turnovers so you can create a chance that way. Brighton are kind of the complete counter to us in that they are they invite pressure when you watch them. Uh, Lewis Dunk will stand and basically do that thing where you stand on the ball and sort of salute, waiting for the players to come up to them with the ball. And then as soon as they're close enough, they just play a forward pass and then they manage to spin away from you and get away. It's incredible, yeah. really. Um, I mean, the goalkeeper is a prime example. Jason Steele, who is a lad from my hometown, used to play football with his brother, completely, you know, out of favour at Sunderland. And then I think he had a rough time at Borough as well and was effectively third choice for a long time at Brighton. He's in the team now because he's so good with his feet. And obviously that's been a trend with football generally. But he, yeah. you watch him, he will have sort of three players pressuring him. And he just dinks it all for them. Um, so in terms of the game plan, we have been done before with teams breaking through that press and then we look a bit exposed, especially with that long stuff. So that's certainly a concern. But obviously how's not stupid. The whole team, you know, the whole um, backroom team aren't stupid. They'll have thought of that and hopefully we've got the answers mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, um, Matty, obviously last time around uh, was a, a very hard-fought nil-nil draw um, down at, uh, at Brighton. Uh, is it still called the Amex? Are they still, are they still at the Amex or is it changed? say like yes, that? even though so, I don't yeah, know. I have no idea. Either. Um, but it was it was a tough game. I'm, you know, I'm going to ask you this question. I know the answer, but if I don't ask these questions, we've got no content to cover. Are you expecting a very similar style of game in terms of how tough it's going to be against Brighton? Yes, 100%. 100 percent and it but it's it it is gonna be it's it's such a tough one to call because yeah we we haven't been great that's the last couple of games let's face it and I think that that, that that problems in midfield have been spoken about a lot it's not just the fact that Sean Longstaff's missing it's the fact that one of our star players is playing at like half capacity yeah. um I still think he's moving around the pitch okay I just think he's receiving the ball in situations that he's He's probably got confidence in, but you see him sort of put his backside into players and try to pull out the ball a little bit too long in, when he's receiving it from the centre half. And obviously, I'm, I'm talking about Bruno, but yeah. um, I just feel, I mean, I mean, Andy touched on it there that you know they tried to play out from the back, Brighton. I was watching Arsenal play them yesterday, and they were they were brilliant, Brighton, absolutely played them off the park in, in points. But I do feel that the dice were death a little bit with that playing from the keeper a couple of times. It, there was three times where they literally played it straight to Odegaard, or played it straight to Shaka, and they just didn't do anything with it. So I feel like that's something that we could perhaps find fruit in, um, yeah. which is pressing them high. And But, you know, again, they have got the tools to beat it. It's what lays ahead of them when they beat that press and if we make sure we're organised. And it's just going to be quite a fascinating one because... Like, I mean, I know that you've said that they play quite a lot of this, like the same team that sort of settled eleven, but they did make quite a few changes against Arsenal yeah. as well. Uh, probably so they can, you know, you know, I mean, they had the boy Ferguson up front, um, but they normally start with Welbeck, and that Undav came on, and Undav started a few games this season, and you, you know that midfield, like uh, Andy said, it, it's very interchangeable. That like Caicedo, 
Gross. Gross can play like as a defender. He can play as a midfielder. Mm-hmm. You've got Billy Gilmore there. You've obviously got a World Cup winner in, in McAllister. So it's it's going to be interesting because, like I say, I, I, as individual players, Bruno, Joe Linton, uh, Willock, fantastic. Loves all three of them. All three of them have had great seasons. But as a unit, a midfield unit, trying to deal with the type of football that Brighton play, I'm not too sure. Um, but I do, I do think it's going to be hard fought. I don't think we're, either team's going to get rolled over. Um, but I think it's going to be, I mean, I know we're not getting the predictions just yet, but I think it's going to be an, an odd goal game um, where, you know, chances are going to be maybe few and far between and it's all about who who takes them, really. Yeah. Yeah, you've mentioned some pretty some pretty big names for Brighton there. And uh, do you know what's going to be interesting is next season for Brighton is whether or not they can keep hold of some of those players because I think we all kind of suspect McAllister's probably on his way out. I think that's, you know, the rumours are floating around with him. You know, this this Matoma lad is is lighting up the league and there's going to be people coming in for him, whether he stays. I think he's already alluded that he might be staying, but it's still summer transfer window. Who knows what's going to happen? They're going to be very interested next season to see who they bring in because obviously everyone's going to have eyes on them because they've had so much success with, you know, bringing in these unknown players or relatively unknown players and them flourishing, but also who can they keep hold of? Because um, I think there might be one or two of their big names, maybe just go somewhere else if they... I don't know if, if they fail to get Europa League, which I, it's not looking likely at the moment, but Villa are knocking on the door. Um, and obviously Spurs are in that mix as well. Uh, so it, it, it's one of those three. I think we'll, we'll take that side of it. Um, we'll talk about a couple of injuries, Andy. Obviously, um, they've got a couple who have been out for a while, so we'll not touch on the, like, the season-long ones or the, the season-ender ones. But they have got um, Adam Lalana, Jesse March, uh, Webster. Uh, they're all out. Veltman could be back and that will dictate where Gross plays, I feel. If Veltman is it Veltman? Am I reading that? I don't know. I'm, I'm just laughing, I think. Oh, Jesse March. Did, <laughs> did, I say, did I say Jesse March? Yeah. I hope he's playing. What a career, what a career change. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> From Leeds to Brighton. Yeah. Yes, no, Sorry, Marsh. Is- Solly Marsh, that's it, yeah. Um, <laughs> but Veltman is their right-back, and he's been out for a couple of couple of weeks, which is why Gross has dropped back into right-back. There's a potential he could be back for our game, which will then push Gross up into central midfield, which is probably where he's more dangerous. Um, and then we did see yesterday that, um, is it Enciso? The, the young yeah, lad oh, yeah. who went off young injured. Paraguay. He looked like he'd done his hamstring maybe yesterday. It didn't look, it didn't look too bad, good. Like, yeah. Um so we haven't heard, like I said, we haven't heard, but there's some big names on that injury list uh, for, for Brighton, um, which is probably why they're doing a lot of rotation, as Matty alluded to before as well. Also, I mean, they're playing two games, they've been playing two games a week for the past few weeks now because they've been playing catch up with a lot of the games. I mean, I think this game should have been back in January, maybe it was even before the Christmas. It was when the Queen passed, wasn't it? Or the Queen's funeral, this one. So, um, yeah, they've had a lot of catching up to do because obviously they've had success in the FA Cup. But obviously we've talked about some of the players that can hurt us. Those players being out, big impact for Brighton. Yeah, I think um, I think with Brighton though, one thing they always seem to have is they always seem to have a plan B just with absolutely yeah. everything they do. I mean, talking about Potter before, getting a manager who's in better than that, they always seem to have the player that they need for the time. So you think about when we were in the Championship with them, they had Glenn Murray now they've got these sort of wonder kids all coming through, like playing football manager in real life. Um, and CISO, who's taken a, the very short crown of Almiron of being the best Paraguayan footballer in the Premier League. Um, yeah, th- th- 
I think that's been the problem with Brighton under Potter and certainly still the case now, even though they are a lot better, is that the sort of plan B just in terms of the starting eleven is definitely not, not as good as it was. Um, yeah, Lalana, you know, they, they had to rely on him quite a lot now, but now you've got sort of Matoma, who's just yeah. unbelievable where they get him from. How, how other people don't see these players, it's ridiculous. It's almost like Brighton are just left to scout all the best players for the big teams to then come in and take them. Um, Do you know, it's like, yeah, it's like it, Southampton it, about five years ago. When they yeah, were doing the same it, thing and Liverpool was snapping up all their good players that they were bringing to it, Yeah, it's crazy. And, and and again, this is jumping off on a bit of a tangent, but it shows how uh, of a good place we're in with Dan Ashworth in terms of running a club properly and actually squad planning and thinking about it and making sure you don't just recruit players, you know, for the crack like, you know, someone like Man United does, but actually yeah. it's going right. There's a spot in our squad that we need to fill. Um, just in terms of the right back position, like you mentioned, that's obviously an area where, since the Trippier Almiron drop off, we've got most of our joy from there, haven't we? Um, overloads on the left hand side with Joe Linton and Willock. Um, if Altman's yeah. off the pace, we could do with having a quick start because we haven't, other than Spurs, which is obviously ridiculous, we've sort of been quite slow starters, conceding chances quite a lot. Um, yeah. So if, if we can attack that area quite quickly, I think we'll do well. Um, but obviously, on the flip side, it's our lack of squad depth, which is hurting us at the moment with Longstaff being out and. We're bringing players off the bench now that are making more of an impact. But when you're fighting for the Champions League, you need to be able to bring Champions League players off the bench. And we obviously still can't do that at the moment. Yeah, um, obviously that'll probably come if we do qualify for Champions League. And that is the, that's the big thing, Matty. Obviously the the carrot at the end of this that is dangling in front of all those players is Champions League football. So, you know, I, I do get the sense that after the Leeds result, a lot of people have written us off for that fourth place spot and it is still ours to lose I mean we only need two wins we've got three games to do it this is probably not our best chance but I'd say it's our second best because I think if if Pochettino's in by the end of the season for Chelsea I think we could see a completely different Chelsea's team on that last game of the season so it's an important result for us it's important I think for us to not drop any points in this game um, whether we can do that who knows um, what are your thoughts on chances now for Champions League qualification, Matty? Obviously, I say this every time, and you probably, like I say, you've always talked to the wrong person when it comes to being optimistic. <laughs> but, like, you know, after after the the game at the weekend was a funny one, we're not going to, you know, go back over it. But just to say, like, you know, you get offered a point when you're 1-0 down and they've just been given a penalty, you're going to probably take that. And that's yeah. what we got, even though we got the lead. And, and, it, and it is a shame that we surrendered that, but... Like you say, it's still in our hands, and it, I'd feel a little bit better if their performances were a little bit more encouraging. Um, the last couple of games, last two, I mean, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest, I think the Arsenal game we were pretty good, I thought we were pretty decent. Uh, I think we play that to that level against uh, a side not of Arsenal's calibre, we, we probably win. Uh, you just need to take chances, and neither side took the chances, fair enough. But if we take our chances in that game, it's a totally different story, and it's just you couldn't probably want next to Man City a worse game than playing Brighton at home right now, just after the back of a really good win. But what my like you know my optimistic side's telling me is that they are blown hot and cold and that, you know, Thursday night under the lights, as much as it's a cliche, we 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 can give anyone a game. Um yeah. I'm just hoping that, you know, Bruno turns up because I think I just I, I sorry to keep going back, but this midfield situation is just so important, especially against a side like Brighton. So if we win on Thursday, then I think the belief goes skyrocketing through the roof. Look, let's forget yeah. about this game that's going to be kicking off in short of half an hour. Um, 
I think we can just try and assume that Liverpool will take all their points the rest of the season. Uh, there's no reason why they won't do that. Um, but it's it's in our hands. That's all we can say, and that's all we can ask for. I know people. I know the negative Nellies of the world were going off about the Leeds result, but it was always going to be tough. Sam Allardyce, you know, you know, he's that big jowly poo that won't flush. He just he just he stays in the Premier League. He keeps coming back, and you know. Well, I, I, <laughs> but he's just he's, he's just there, and, but, and then you just like oh, oh he's rubbish him, but really he's kind of he's kind of not rubbish because he he can get results, and it was he's always going to be points, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, it was always going to be a tough one. And at the end of the day, we were two one up after not playing too well, and a, a very lucky goal for them hit them hit Trippier in the face. But yeah, I can see why people are getting tetchy. I'm one of them. I'm absolutely nervous as as, as anything, yeah. but. I just yeah. feel like the fact that we're still going into a stretch of three games against lower half, of the, well, no, sorry, two two of them lower half of the table opposition. Um, is that still the case? Chelsea is still eleventh, aren't they? It's not a little dig at Chelsea, are, yeah. is it? Oh, well, yeah. Been there all season, I think. Yeah, so it's it's you should still be hundred percent. I mean, you look at the bookies. The bookies still think we've got plenty of good odds of, of of finishing there. But a few weeks back, and like I've said in the group chat a few times, it was there were very long odds for Newcastle to finish outside the top four, something like eight to seven to one. And then now we're at, like flirting with like seven to twos now, so they've halved, but they're still they're still longish. Um, I'm not yeah. telling people to put any money on it or anything, but it's just yeah. Um, I will say it for the millionth time, it's in our hands, and that's all we can ask for. And we just got just got to just to jump in there though. I think yeah. this is on the flip side of things. This is a window for all of us fans as to what it's like at the top. You can only yeah. afford to mess up a couple of times and you've got these amazing teams down your neck. It's not like when we were down in the in the in the shitty years where mm. you could win twice in ten games and that was an amazing run. Yeah. We're seeing what it's going to be like in the future now. Expectations are going to change. Mm-hmm. And we we do demand a team that tries, but with all the investment and all the talk, we are gonna have to deal with this where we lose a couple of games and that's all of a sudden a really terrible run, even though it's mm-hmm. stupid because it isn't. But that's what it's like mm-hmm. now. And that's a weird balancing act as well. Um, I would say from like a sort of fan sort of feeling side of things, because you know, in the days of social media, you see plenty of people arguing about certain things. And I'm more lean towards the perspective side of things. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I am one of the ones who goes, look, anything, if we can get Champions League, it's a bonus. But then I am hundred percent like agree with people who, you know, say, you know, yeah, but to, for us to blow it from here, it would absolutely mm. be, it'd be. And I, I, I get it, I, and I, I don't want us to blow it. Mm. And, and it would be a sort of, you know, I wouldn't call it a bottling or whatever we want to call it, but I would say, yeah, we, we've really threw something away there, like to because we were just so close, we were so comfortable in the top form. We've handed been handed a very good opportunity. However, I still blend it with, but look where we were last season. For us to yeah. be guaranteed Europa League football, I'd have snapped your. If you said Cup Final, Conference League football. Start last season, start the season. I'd have snapped your hand off. So it'd be cup final, <laughs> Europa League football guaranteed, and still have it in your hands to get Champions League. It's it's amazing, and perspective need, is needed. But I'm still sort of sitting on the fence, and I can get why people would still be gutted. But that's why I think you just have to have this perspective because if if, if Brighton score the first goal on Thursday, if Brighton score the first goal on Thursday, you're going to get a lot of people in the crowd going, "Oh, we've." We've blew it, we've blew it, and you know I feel like it can just sort of as much as there'll be people singing and getting behind the lads, it can just lend itself to a little bit of a negativity and a nervousness, um, yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean the, yeah. the atmosphere is going to be crucial as well. I think um, obviously second last home game of the season, it is on a Thursday night, and I think that the 
the Leicester game is only three days after, isn't it? It's on the Monday, so mm-hmm. um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the crowd react. Should Brighton take the lead early? I think a lot of that depends on how well we're playing. Like if it's a goal like we've got against Leeds, where you know it's a fluke and it's unlucky and it you know it hits a player and deflects in, then maybe it won't be as bad. But I think if if Brighton come out the come out the gate like Villa did, and just play through it and get a very early goal, yeah, I think that could turn pretty quickly. Um, we'll turn our attention to Newcastle now. I know we've talked about them a little bit, but we'll talk more about the game itself. Um, Andy, I think the biggest question still is going to be Isak or Wilson. I think we're in agreement that they probably don't start together yet. The, I don't think that experiment, I don't think this is the right part of the season to be experimenting with them playing together. I do think mm. it's one or the other, and then you bring the other one on as an impact uh, should you need them later on. But which one do you start? Yeah, well, that's a golden question at the moment and it's a nice problem to have. I know that's a bit of a cliche. Um, I agree with you. I think what we saw was we saw a couple of substitute appearances where we did switch and had them both on and we were all yeah. kind of going, why don't we just do this from the start because this is class. Um, but I think the issue you have is Isak, I think he's our best player. I think he's better than Bruno and I think his ceiling's higher than what Bruno could do. Um, he is our best player and his best position is up front in the middle and yeah. it's really harsh on Wilson. Um, obviously, he jokes about this on his own podcast and how He's had an amazing season and we signed this unbelievable lad who can just do everything. Um, for me personally, our best team is Isak in the middle with Joe Linton out wide on the left or St Maximan and then obviously one of Murphy or Armour on the right. Um, and Wilson's amazing run has been him coming off the bench. So I kind of understand his point, which he'll be going to Daddy Howe's office and being like, Howie Eddie, we've been through so much together. Why aren't I getting a start? I'm in the form of my yeah. life. But likewise, how's going to turn around and go, yeah, but have you seen Isak? He's, he's just skinned an entire team against Everton. I've got to play him in his position as well. So it's a, it's, it's a difficult one. Um, yeah. I think Howe's obviously smart enough to manage the team and, and manage Wilson and Isak and go, look, for this game, we need you in the middle, we need Callum out wide, um, and Callum out wide, Isak out wide, Callum in the middle, whatever. Um, if it was me personally, and obviously I don't have any coaching badges, I'm not. I'm not very good. Uh, won the league with Blackburn once in football manager. It's about it. But um, for, for me, it's got to be Isak in the middle um, and have Wilson there. Get him really um, annoyed and get him off the bench because that seems to be working out really well. Get him to that point where he scores a goal and he looks like he wants to stick his middle finger up with everyone rather than celebrate. <laughs> well, that, well, I think. I mean, if, even if we look back, I mean, Wilson's a smart lad. He, he, surely Eddie Howe can sit him down and say, like, look, like that ridiculous form that he had in the the month of April, where he scored like eight goals in seven games. I think he started two games, and I yeah. think that's one of the reasons. I think we spoke about this previously that Wilson's flourished because I think right now, I, I think as he's as he's approaching thirty, thirty two, thirty two next year. Mm. I think by no means over the hill. These are elite athletes, and you know, I would hate to have to have a foot race with Callum Wilson over any distance. But all I'm saying is 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 that he. I think he got that sweet spot where it was like you bring a, a fresh Callum Wilson over 30 minutes as a game stretched or 25 minutes and it's a much more effective starting him and putting this prize asset of Isak out wide. Um, I think managing them to really lend to that form that we had when we were smashing the likes of West Ham and he was, he was dropping Isak and starting Wilson and then changing up and Everton, we saw what he did against Everton and I think that they might have just thought, okay, well, there's that good dynamic there. We'll just start with it. And I just didn't think that it was, like you said, it's a right time to experiment. Um, yeah. I think we could even, you could, you know, let, put some blame at Isak's door for the for the first goal against Leeds. 
And I feel like that's because he's a he's a great winger. He's, he was terrifying, terrorizing people, running at them. But I think he hasn't been bedded in, in that system where the the, the wingers are really really important in our in our system. As much as Jacob Murphy has his, his has his like his um his naysayers, but he has been brilliantly recently. He grafts hard and, and covers his fullback, and as as yeah. does Mickey Almiron. And we've even seen St. Maximum to an extent do it more this mm-hmm. season. Um, so I think when in these important games, when when you know um, team sort of um, cohesion and fluidity of, of, of the formation is so important. Um, and and I I mean I don't have any coaching badges either, Andy. I did win the Champions League with Crew though, uh, so you know. Oh wow! Just, uh, oh, you've got to be beat. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I might have a little bit more skin, but um, I just think it's more important that we put square pegs in square holes. And with Isak being such a brilliant player, not forgetting Callum Wilson's contributions, contributions in recent months, I, I would start him. Um, and you know, you've got uh, not embarrassment of riches, but you've got options on, yeah. on the left and the right. So that's what, that's what I would like to do anyway. Yeah, the left and the right is going to be interesting as well because obviously we've seen, you know, just last week or the, well, sorry, last game. I keep saying last week as if we play one game a week, but that's not that's not that's not a luxury we have anymore. Um, two days ago it was only, wasn't it? Yeah, two days ago. Mm. Um, obviously, Miggy comes on instead of Murphy, and everyone's asking questions why that's happening. Apparently, there was a little knock involved with Murphy, which is why he didn't start or didn't feature at all. Um, so we don't know if he's, you know, how bad that is, and we'll probably never. Know from Eddie Howe in his press conferences, given how eluding that must be the first game he's not been involved in at all. The first game of the season he wasn't involved in, yeah. Um, which uh, sorry if I saw yeah, your thunder there, if you were going to say that. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um, I think we talked about it on the on the reaction, but um, like Mike said, we've got options, Andy. When it comes to those wings, um, you know, Saint Maxim is back fit. You've got Anthony Gordon, you know. Jacob Murphy, if he is, you know, if that knock isn't as bad as it was and they've just been rested, you've got him firing on all cylinders. And you've got Miggy Almiron. It's uh it's a nice problem to have for uh, for mm. our attacking, considering at the start of this season, everybody said we need a, we need a right winger. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, the Almiron purple patch was incredible, but I think we all knew that was going to burst eventually. He wasn't going to continuously score 35 yard screams all the time. Um and yeah, the Murphy resurgence is just another Eddie Howe masterclass in getting this player who we were going to loan to the championship um, to look like a really you know decent Premier League winner at uh, winger, not a Premier League winner yet, <laughs> winger. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do still think it's a position we need to improve. I think we're probably an elite winger away yeah. from being a, a regular top four contender. Um, Murphy's obviously the player in form. Whether that form's been burst by an injury, you just don't know. I presume that's, that's something that we will never know because we're not involved in training. Who looks the most sharp? Um, Almiron has looked pretty poor every time he's come on recently. He doesn't look sharp. He's not making those same runs, although he did do a bit better against Leeds. And Bruno's been finding him a bit better. Um, but obviously, he's, yeah, he's a bit one-dimensional when he's not on his game and he's not that sharp. He's always just going to come inside and do the overlap pass to Trippier and things like that. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a good problem to have. Um, personally, for me, just based on what we've seen recently, it's got to be Murphy. I think having a right footer on the right wing is quite old-fashioned. You don't really see it very often anymore. Everyone's always inverted, but just having that direct approach where you can just ping it in straight away um, and still have the you know the technical ability to turn back and try and do something else with it. Um, yeah, hopefully we see Murphy again. Yeah, and I suppose that'll also help Matty with, you know, there's always that worry when you play against Brighton with how they play with, you know, the... The three attacking midfielders and the, and the lone striker that 
you know, if Kieran Trippier pushes forward like he does, or you know, if Dan Byrne does it on the other side, it's going to leave us a bit short in defence. You've got these players on the wing who, you know, are more direct and not inverted. That negates the need for those players to maybe push up as much to help protect that back line. Um, would you make any changes to the back line? There's a lot of talk, obviously, the Dan Byrne versus Matty Target uh, argument, but what would you do? Would you would you keep it as is? I mean, we've done that all season pretty much. Um, or would you make a change? I'm, obviously, I'm going to predicate this with my undying love for Dan Byrne. Um, I think he's class. I think he's being class. I just think he looks tired. I think I think most of the back four look tired, to be fair. Yeah. And we're just coming down that home straight. But a leggy Dan Byrne, he looks like the leggiest player on the pitch. And I feel... Like, <laughs> he always he looks, looks the leggiest player on the pitch. Say the yeah, size of him. Yeah, but then like, you, you, you had, you had uh, um, sort of lethargy to, the, to that, if that's the right word. Like, <laughs> you, you're going to... You, 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 people are just going to highlight that straight away. And that's nothing against him. It's just, he's never been the quickest. Um yeah. That's so. I mean, I'm surprised they haven't rotated at all, especially with the Matt Target being an option. But like Andy says, we don't know his fitness levels. That he's going to be yeah. getting, he's going to be constant, constantly getting, you know, analysed and training. You know, they have all these gadgets and gizmos now that can really can tell you everything: how fit a player is, how match fit he is, how many minutes, the red zones, and all that injury stuff. So we don't know that if he's he can only play 45 minutes, he can only play 60 minutes. So he's not going to player defender that he has to take off because he's knackered um, and I think if we if, if it got to the point with you if he was fully fit my target I would be wanting to play him just but I think he I think he just holds so much um, sort of uh, credit in Dan Ben that he, he's so good in the air set pieces all that stuff that he just doesn't want to change and, and like it or not them four are still the best defence in the Premier League and that's always something that Eddie Howe is rightfully going to be able to say they're the best defence in the Premier League, so I'm yep. just going to keep them. Although we haven't kept a clean sheet in a long time since Man United, and that was our only clean sheet in X amount of games, maybe 12, 13 games. They're We're still only joint best now, aren't we? Is it Man joint City, best? Man City well, still, equal with us now. Still the best, though. But they have <laughs> six world-class centre-backs, don't they? So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there is that as well. And, um, and a world-class goalkeeper. But uh, I mean, no disrespect to Nick Pope, but there's a bit of a gulf between Pope and Addison, I would say. Uh, speak for yourself. <laughs> Um, but um, no, I, I mean, yeah. If, if it was up to me, you you would be tempted to try uh, my target there. Um, but again, it's you know, it's it's are we are we knee jerking a little bit? I don't know. I mean, he just looks tired. That's was, all I'm saying. Dan yeah. Ben looks tired. Matt Target was a house signing, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was he got a house signing. He, 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 he seems not he to like. Signing, yeah. He doesn't seem to really rate him, does he? He doesn't get much of a look in. If he is fit and sharp, mm. he obviously. Like, it's not like how never ever rotates his defense because we have seen him do it. Um, well, his, his injury just, was I don't a, know whether he just doesn't really rate him. His injury was a, an awkward one, wasn't it? Like a crack in his heel or something like that. Matt, yeah. I, thought I might be talking rubbish there, but it was it was a one that kept him out for a while. And I think he just kept on having setbacks because you'd see him come mm. in, be on the bench, and then he wasn't on the bench a couple, yeah. for a couple of weeks, and then he'd be back on the bench. You think, yeah. oh, it was that's play. probably what it is. And I think that's what must be what it is because. Bloody hell, Matt Target was a an like absolutely brilliant at left back for for us in that running at the end of last season. I mean that that you know that little little turn he did in the Leicester game that set up yep. the move for Bruno to score. Um, he, he he looked really good. He was he was he was it was great seeing a left back at left back. And I don't think we really saw much of Dan Byrne at left back um, last season when we were doing well. I think a lot of it was him centre half with with Fabian Share, and he's and he's good there. I like him as a left sided centre half. Um, but again. 
it's it's just I think it's just situational, really. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I really, I, if I was a betting man, which I am badly, um, I wouldn't be putting any money on them changing the defence. Well, let's move our attention to our predictions. Um, we'll come to you first, Andy. Uh, what is your prediction for this game? Good luck. Good luck to everyone. Jeff Three do. predictions. <laughs> Jeff do. Hey, I said we'd beat Leeds 5-1 and look what happened. So there you go. He's a um, man. Well, I said we'd beat Southampton 10-1, I think. Um, actually, yeah, so let's let's be a bit more reserved this week. We still beat got them. The, got the one right. <sighs> yeah, exactly. See, halfway there. Um, God, prediction. Yeah, like we've said, I think we've kind of we've kind of justified why it's so hard to predict it because it's two teams who are very good and in almost contrasting forms, two systems that complement each other well, but also go against each other too. Um, I think home advantage will be big for us. Um, it's not the exception anymore. St. James's Park is always awesome, even though it gets a bit nervy these days. Um, so provided we ride out the initial storm, I think we've got enough in the tank to squeeze out a 1-0 win here. Clean sheet. Clean sheet as well. Excellent. Finally, oh. my Finally. faith in Trippier and my fantasy team will be repaired. <laughs> Twelve weeks later, yeah, mine too. Well, I did drop Botman last week to bring in Callum Wilson, but I did drop Botman. Oh, uh, well Matty, what is your uh, prediction? It's one of those head heart ones, isn't it? Um, like I said, it's going to be very unpredictable. There's there's a case to be made that they could have a great petal patch and score two or three goals. There's a case to make that that we start off well. Um, without sounding too cliche, I think the first goal is going to be key. Um, but I do think, regardless, both teams will score. Um, I'm going to go for 2 1 Newcastle. That is much more the heart than the head. But um, I'm hoping that we can, you know, really improve on, on the last game and, and just, you know, take it to them. And But I just feel like we're still a little bit nervy at the back and they've got quality to exploit that. So hopefully we only concede one, but I think we have it in us to score two. Uh, and I want to say Isak and Murphy. Oh, I don't know where that came from. Isak and Murphy, there you go. Murphy, <laughs> there you go. Bit of divine intervention there. Yeah, yeah. There you go, yeah. The gods just took over there. <laughs> I'm back in the room. You'll be back in that one as well, won't you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go for... Uh, well, I think Brighton will score. I don't know if they'll score first, but they definitely will uh, score. I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. Um, but I, I just I have a feeling that... The way I see Brighton play is that they score a lot of goals from inside the box and I don't think we're going to give them that much of a luxury to get in the box and they're going to have to try and break us down, which I think they'll struggle to do. So I'm with Matty. I think it'll be 2-1. Um, I think we'll... The, the press from us might be a bit too much for them um, when, you know, like you said before, they like to encourage it. We don't need encouragement to press. I think that, that could be something that maybe catches them off guard a little bit. So we'll see what happens. I also think the home crowd, like we've alluded to, will be a, an advantage to us. Um, do I name scorers? Do I name scorers? I'm going to go for an Isak Brace, only because I've captained them this week and I didn't captain Wilson, even though I brought him in. So I need the I've captained him as well, so I'll take that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, why not? We'll get Matoma as well, because he's also in my fantasy football team on the score sheet. Uh, does anybody want to add anything before we wrap this one up? Um, enjoy the game. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the game. The game. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just cacking myself. I basically, you know, I'm just cacking myself. That's all I'll add. I, I will add that I am very nervous, but 
hey, it's, we've had worse problems in the past. We're very nervous for a Champions League chase, in which we well, are third. Starting to get a bit, starting to get a bit shaky. Yeah, we, are, we, we have to win a three-team league over three games, and we've already got you know a point head start on third. So third in that little mini league. Sorry. Well, so, that's the um, time of recording as well. We need six points. Could be we by the time of the points. game, we only need four points. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen tonight between Liverpool and Leicester? I know what's going, what's going to happen between Liverpool and Aston Villa. <laughs> Away, Gary Lineker. I think yeah, not, that's, that's what I'll add. Aston Villa, you know, they don't know how much they, they like a role they have to play in this yet. Like, yeah. not just not just Liverpool, they're playing Brighton as well. Um, so, <laughs> and they're we'll going see, for we'll, Trump, well, they're going for Europa, Europa League, League as well. So, I mean, so, we'll see what happens. Anyway. That's all to come in the following. It's only a week. There's only a week left of the season, isn't it? After after the well, game, so yeah. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Obviously, there is only a week left of the season, but that doesn't mean the content on this channel stops. We will be continually putting out stuff in the run up to this game. Although I won't be because I'm on my holidays next week, so uh, someone else will be taking Please. the uh, the Chelsea preview, and maybe it's the Leicester one, depending on uh, how quick we can get one out. But we will be back with, uh, well, All the Smiling Faces podcast is on in five minutes uh, if you're watching this as we're recording, which you won't be because I need to edit this and that'll be the <laughs> next day. So um, last night, the All the Smiling Faces podcast was on. Uh, we're also recording Canny Chatter this week, uh, so that'll be on your audio. Um, I don't know about Extra Time. I haven't spoken to Roger yet. He's, uh, he's lapping it up in Canada, so we haven't spoken about Extra Time. But there will be a reaction to the Brighton game. There'll be a preview for the Leicester game and then a reaction to the Leicester game and then all sorts coming up. And also, as you know, we hit 10,000 subscribers. So the Battle of the Kits goalkeeper edition is coming as well. Um, if you want to add to our subscriber count, just scroll down from this win- from this video and hit the subscribe button. While you're there, hit the thumbs up button if you've liked this video. Hit the thumbs down button if you haven't liked it. If either one helps us. Get this video into the th- into the feeds of other Newcastle fans and probably some Brighton fans as well. Um, and if you want to be notified when those new videos go live, hit the notification bell, and that will give you a little pop up on your device of choice that you watch your YouTube on. If you want to go one step further, we do have a membership program. It's two ninety nine a month. That gets you early access to these pre recorded videos as well as access to the Telegram group and some exclusive members only content. If you want to sign up for that again when you scroll down from this video there's a little join button just click that and you signed up easy if you listen on audio five star rating is all we ask for that gets us up those charts on both spotify and apple podcasts but that is it for this one are we confident i don't know we're going into this one a little bit shaky a little bit a uh, little bit who knows everyone's popping it but let's hopefully by the end of it, we won't be. We will see you. Hello, oh, no, Jeff. And let's hope we get a result. How are the lads? Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Podcast Network.